Yeah, man. No, that was, 97 Chevy is like my favorite song ever now. Like that don't go hard. <laughs> like that don't go. Um, but you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Hey yo, welcome back to another episode of the Arts Block Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Curry the Third. I'm back. And today we got my boy, my brother, uh, formerly known as Drew, but now known as Drew. Anthony, give it up one time for him, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. Um, so first things first, you know, we start this off. How are you feeling today? How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. I woke up, you know, got all refreshed, mm-hmm. had me some tea. That's you know great. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so um but yeah, I feel good. That's great. So uh before we get into the amazing album, and before we get into you know, all the other stuff that I want to get into. I want to start off with the name change, right? Usually when artists make a name change, it's usually like a sense of growth, a sense of uh, change that happened in their life. So uh, just tell us the change between Drew and Drew Anthony. What, what, what made that evolution happen? Um, well, first off, it was because of... Uh, um, like not a copyright issue, but you know, it was a lot of other people that had the name Drew, mm. like, but it wasn't spelled the same. Like it was spelled the same, but it was like, it was another dude that had J-R apostrophe U and gotcha. J-R U and stuff like that. So mm. it was a branding thing as well. Um, and you, you know, had to add something to kind of stand out, but that's also, it's also like, like you said, like a, a growth thing. Like, mm. you know, I'm coming into a new, era of my life I feel like and um you know it's a more professional sounding name I think and you know just gotta level up sometimes and add something to the name and sound more official I guess no I feel you did anybody have like a big reaction to the name change like oh my god why or was everybody (laughs) was just like oh okay no it was it was mostly like positive reactions it was just like okay I see you know yeah. And my dad was really the one that was like, yeah, that's the name. Like, he really yeah. liked it. So, yeah. Got you. So, I want to jump into the album, uh, Life For Now. You, this is your second album. Hattori was your uh, debut. This is your second mm-hmm. one. What is the difference between the making of Life For Now and Hattori? Um, with Hitori, I felt like it was, uh, well, now looking back on it, it was more of a, not an experiment, but, um, I didn't really know that I wanted to do music like for a career. Like I didn't, like I was passionate about it, but it wasn't the passion of my life until, you know, after, after that. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking at this album life for now as like my real debut studio album because mm-hmm. you know we've been doing a lot of work to it and just you know it's really i'm really trying to push it um so yeah I'm, life for now i mean Hitori was just a you know mm-hmm. i was in high school i was 16 just putting it out seeing seeing if people like it um and i got positive feedback which was good right um, but this album i've been working on it for like two years now so it's been a long time coming i'm just you know ready to put it out 
Right. Yeah, I heard, man. And I keep and I kept seeing people like like Charlie kept posting like tell Drew to put out the album now. Like, but what's because I remember uh last time we talked and you mentioned Hattori and you was like, Man, you was just ready to you was just ready to put it out, right? I feel like this time you took like you just took a little more time, you didn't rush it, you just kind of paced yourself, you did your own thing. So so why what made you what made you want to just pace yourself now and take your time now? With this project, I mean, a lot of it was uh, the people I have around me now. Um, a lot of good people in my corner that are kind of telling me, you know, what's right and what's wrong and what to do in certain situations, mm-hmm. um, and just people that been in the industry and know what you're supposed to do when it comes to a record like Life for Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like just being able to really sit down and listen to what people are telling you because he Tori, I just wanted to put it out. Like you said, like I wasn't listening to nobody. I was just like, I'm putting this out. I made the music. I'm gonna put it out. Right. But you know, it's, it's good to, you know, take a, um, you know, rethink what you was originally going to do, you know? Right. So, so I want to, now I want to dive into the specifics. Cause I did, I did listen to the album very thoroughly. Um, I listened to it probably all night last night. I can pick out my favorite. I can pick out my favorite songs, man. Y'all, y'all are in, y'all are really in for a treat. So, um, I want to talk about the diversity of this album, right? You do like the vibe changes a lot. Like even like your last song, that's like a country jump. Like where, like so, just let me know, like what's what made you just want to show your diversity off in, with this album? Like, look, I can do this. I can do that. I can do the R&B. I can do the real, like, poppy stuff. So, like, just let me know what your what your mindset was on your diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, in terms of the style of music, I don't even, I mean, like, I just listen to a lot of music. So, it's like, it just be coming out like that. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think about it in terms of what type of music I'm going to make. But I think it does have something to do with the emotion. Like certain songs I was feeling different ways, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like they just translated themselves into a certain kind of song. And then, you know, afterwards, after I get all my ideas out, I kind of, you know, nitpick and kind of cut it down and see what works. But um, yeah, I think it's just a explosion of emotion. (laughs) And then, you know, It'll right. come out how it's gonna come out. So on the more um on, on like the more like love lovey records, right? I I just have a quick question. Um, who are you talking about? Is there like a specific specific someone specific someone's plural that that we are speaking of on these songs? Or you know, it's just someone's with an S is crazy. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, there was there was someone, but like like I said, these these records are you know, oh. these records are two years old. Um, you know, there was somebody that you know, mm-hmm. kind of going through a lot with, but um, you know, that's over and done with, so we not worry about that no more. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So, um, also during this album, what I noticed a lot, you were showing off a lot, like you were showing your you were showing your tail, especially like. During the last parts of songs, like you showed your instrumentation skills, you would like, like fade out of the song to come right back in. Like, so what? 
what are you what are you trying to prove to people like what are you saying to people how good like you can just like like oh yeah i can do this too oh yeah i can make these synths sound more synthier than your favorite artists like i can do this as good as like what are you like what are you proving to people by doing that yeah i'm uh i don't know i'm just trying to like because for a long time like i said i wasn't putting any music out like mm-hmm. this is gonna be my first thing out really I mean, I put Tone of You out with Beige, but like, right. you know, that wasn't, you know, I put that out. But other than that, Hitori was like my last body of work that was really out. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of let people know, um, you know, what I'm capable of and, mm-hmm. you know, my production chops and stuff like that. And just, you know, kind of really prove myself in um, the music world, especially like the DMV music world. Right. Um. And yeah, just kind of prove myself more. And there's still a lot more to come, so. Right. So do you feel like that you are bringing what's needed to the DMV music world when it comes to, like, a different sound, some cool little things here and there with the production and, like, just a different vibe in general? Yeah, I think I'm definitely bringing something different. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but there's a lot of other great artists that are, you know, kind of pioneering a, a new sound for sure um, in this area but yeah I'm, I'm definitely trying to bring something new to the table mm-hmm. so another way that i can tell um like growth right is subject change right i feel like now you're getting into a lot of deeper conversations a lot of deeper uh subject matter uh just by listening to you right and comparing it life for now to hattori uh, but even like the song Life For Now, right? It's a, like you have some really deep songs on that album. So just let me know uh, what inspired the subject change. What what were you going through during that time to make that kind of happen? Like what's, what's the story behind, behind you just maturing and wanting to make songs about your, your maturing? Um, yeah, it's really just that. Like me coming into a new stage of myself mm-hmm. like like i you know i'm not a not a little boy no more you know um, <laughs> right just kind of yeah just i'm not i'm not i'm not on that no more um and you know just kind of knowing myself more and kind of mm-hmm. learning about how i think and learning about my emotions and being emotionally intelligent um and really just learning how i how I work in other situations other than myself, if that makes sense. No, I got you. Um, like, especially in relationships, it's mm. really key to know how you act in certain situations like a relationship. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking about on most of the album because of, you know, the situation I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, you know, tug and pulled uh, a lot of emotions. Um and like mentally, it was just you know draining and stuff like that. So right. it was a good way to get it out on the record, um, mm-hmm. and that's what made me want to talk about you know all the things I was talking about just to tie it all in. Got you. So why life for now? Why is that? Why is that the the title of the project? It was kind of like an optimistic thing, like um, like this is my life right now, mm-hmm. but come like you know five, six months, seven months, however however long. That won't right. be my life. My life won't be the same as it is right now. You know, 
like regardless of if it's you know me going on tour or me you know out of a situation that i'm in right now is going to be different so you got to look you know look ahead and really um you know be optimistic Mm -hmm. right so um green light right that's the single that's coming out uh on the 26th Mm -hmm. and um all right, first question about green light. Who's the feature on there? Who's the who's the girl on there? Because she's killing it. Like she's fire. Who is that? Sokka. Sokka. Sokka? Yeah. Shout out to Sokka, man, because she she body she bodied that. Um so uh out of all the great and amazing songs on that album, why is Green Light the single? I felt well. Me and my whole team felt like Green Light was the, I don't know, the most radio-ready kind of song. Because, it's you know, it's pretty, like, straightforward. It's catchy. Um, You know, and it was easy to, like, kind of grasp it for a video concept and just to, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, it just felt felt real radio-ready to me. And But I also thought um, Life For Now could have been a single as well. Yeah, um, because I really that's one of my favorite songs on the record, and it's the title track, so you know, right? And uh, I, I was yeah. thinking the same thing, so that's why that's why I wanted to ask because, but Green Light is such like that song is such a vibe, bro. Like, give me the green light, like that don't like that that was such it's such a vibe, and um, you like I said before, like you kind of switch your vibe throughout the whole album, like you kind of just take people on this like. Kind of like this emotional journey musically, and uh, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing to see just not only your growth, but uh, also your your knowledge and your team behind you. Um, but also, but another thing about Greenlight, right? That I noticed is uh, the music is amazing. Like the music is amazing. Like throughout the whole other like throughout the whole album but that song specifically like it felt like you were in the studio and you just had one of those great days that day like it was just like it was just a great day so just take me through that day of recording green light and uh what what kind of just inspired the song mm-hmm. i haven't thought about that day in a while but i do remember making that beat um i think i started with the drums no i'm i'm capping i'm capping i started with the <laughs> I started with the keys, uh, the chords. Um, I don't know. I found a synth sound that, I don't know, just kind of grabbed me. I was like, oh, okay, let me start with this. Um, and then I kind of just layered it from there. And the drums was real, like, mid-tempo, real groovy. Right. Um, I put the bass on there last because, I don't know, at first it was going to be synth bass. But I was like, you know what, let me pop over here, grab my bass, I put something down. Um and I don't. I think I think the bass added a lot to the song too, because mm-hmm. it just make it like sit in that pocket the whole time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that producing that that was great. And then all the synths, mm-hmm. I played all that last after I uh, kind of had the song laid out. Just you know, it needed some some synth play. Right. Um, and I was listening. I was listening to a lot of uh, Kevin Parker, Tame Impala, mm-hmm. and you know his synth work is crazy so i was just you know kind of inspired by that a little bit right um you know just a lot of indie rock listening to so mm-hmm. yeah so um uh, but 
so for people that well obviously people haven't heard the song yet because it has it isn't out yet but uh just give us an overlay of what green light is about you know, tell us uh just how did you feel when you were in the booth recording it just give us a it was a whole lay down of, the, of, the, of your single mm-hmm. i mean so basically green light if you want to know what it's like kind of about it's just like i mean i know everybody been in this situation where you just like you're talking to somebody and it's like you don't know if they plan with you or if they just waiting it out <laughs> it's like you know what i mean like just let me know what's up like nah for sure <laughs> for sure like, give me the green light so i can really you know so we can lock this down or so we can you know if it's not that let me move on you know right um but that's really what it is like just being in that gray area in a relationship mm-hmm. and not knowing if it's going to go this way or this way right um and yeah like like you said in the booth when i was recording it I was kind of just tapping in with those same emotions that I was feeling in real time. Mm. I was really feeling like that, like giving me the green light. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I want to, I want to move away from your from uh, from your album just just for a second, right? Just for just for a little second. Um. You, I know you're a big, big house guy. Well, you're a big music guy, just in general. But you're a big house music guy, right? Um. And what with like the new rise of like the house music and uh like the four on the floor drum patterns and stuff, uh, how does that make you feel as a music fan to kind of see like hip hop take this new wave of like hip hop house, hip hop slash comma house type thing? Hip hop parentheses house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't. I like it. I mean, I feel like, you know, it's a new wave in music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of talked about this on my story a couple of days ago. It's like, yeah, this is, um, it's kind of like tribute to all those people who have been doing house for over twenty years now, like, or contributing to the house scene since right. the '90s. You know what I mean, like. People been doing it, but now that it's kind of becoming a mainstream thing, it's like paying tribute to them, and mm-hmm. it's in favor of them. And I think that the people who have been doing house shouldn't get like you know upset or angry. I think they should be, you know, kind of happy about this new rise because right. it's like okay, it's in now. You've been mm-hmm. making it for twenty years. This is your time to really hone in and make it, and you know, make a hit like. This is when right. you reach out to the Beyonce's. This is when you reach out to whoever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I've been I've been trying to make a you know, I've been making house music for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm ready to put these records out that I've been working on. Yeah. I know about them. But now it's like, okay, house is in the bet. Let me Yeah. Let me put this out. I feel like, um actually, you know what? Never mind. I'm not gonna say that because I'm glad that you Said something about your IG story because I got some I got some some IG stories uh from you from you pulled up right here. Um Eric, remember to put the IG story on screen so people can read it along with you. Okay, all right. So first story I have here, uh it is from August 3rd. You posted um a clip of Duckworth. The Duckworth was talking about uh house and how he he said that we were uh trapped in trap for like 10 mm-hmm. years and you said yeah. um you said and i quote exactly 
The homie Duckworth said it best. I've been making house for years. I've been making house for years now, but I've never felt like it was right to put it out because of naysayers and ignorant people. But with the recent resurgence of house music, it's finally time. Stay tuned for my future production. Do you feel like that we have been trapped in trap for years, or do you just feel like that was, you know, we were just in that type of wave? I mean, so when when the homie, I mean, I'm I met Duckworth actually at um something in the water. Oh, that's and, what's up. Uh, yeah, he's he's really nice. Um, mm-hmm. I plan to go out LA soon and work with them. But that's what's up. Um, yeah, so he when he kind of said, you know, trapped and trap, mm-hmm. I feel like that wasn't an exaggeration, you know, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, like we haven't been trapped and trapped. Like people have been doing stuff other than trap, mm-hmm. but trap was the center of the music industry for a long time. Right. And like even pop artists like Ariana Grande was doing that, you know, kind of pop trap stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of pop artists was kind of honing to trap because that's what was in. Right. Um, but now, I mean, you got like Beyonce just dropped her Renaissance album. Mm-hmm. Drake just dropped his album. Right. You know, a lot of people are kind of trying to tap into that house stuff now. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, trap, traps. I mean, trap is gonna be trap. You know what I mean? Regardless. Yeah, regardless. But it's right. like, you know, it's it's just a question of what's in the center of the industry at mm-hmm. at the time. You know. Right. So, but why do you think? So, like, going back to what you said, right, about that, how you were scared to kind of put out that music uh, because of naysayers and ignorant people, right? Why do you think, as an artist, like, as artists, we care? Like, why do you think we care about those people, about the ignorant mm-hmm. people and the naysayers? Why can't we just put out what we love? Why do we care yeah. about those those type of people? I don't know why we care. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're artists and we're supposed mm-hmm. to make art to put it out regardless of who's saying something about it right um but you know certain things it's just people get in their head get insecure about what they're making i do sometimes even like like i said with the house stuff like it's just i don't know it's a human thing to get um you know insecure about stuff Mm -hmm. that came from you um whether it's music or art or you know podcast or film Mm -hmm. or whatever it's just you know it's a human thing it's normal yeah, because it's like a piece of you. Every time you put something out, it's like a piece of you going out there mm-hmm. as well. And um, but one thing that like I feel like most artists have to learn is that like like we say like oh I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish, but when you put it out, it's not it's not really yours no more. When you put it out, it's yeah. it's the people's, it's the it's the yeah. world's now. Mm-hmm. It's up to their interpretation of what it is, and. Another thing that you said on uh, IG when Renaissance came out, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, I'm not going to read all of it. Eric, also remember to put these stories up there as well. All right, thank you. Yeah, I was rapping. I remember this. Man, you were angry at somebody. (laughs) You were were mad. (laughs) So, so, uh, who, who, why? Who? What? When? Nah, where? Cause... How? I just need to know the story on where that came from. I was uh I was having a conversation with some people about you know the album and stuff like that, and I don't know. It was just a like a okay, this is Beyonce kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I get that 
because it's Beyonce, so it's like you're gonna expect Beyonce. But I was really tapping into the production while listening to it, mm. and I don't know the production on the album is just great. And I just felt like if you're going to, I don't know if you're going to like hate on the album, don't like you can hate on Beyonce, but don't hate on the production. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the production on the album was crazy, and I was looking in through, you know, who was doing it. Um, this, the dude named Levin Cali, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sid from the internet was doing a lot of writing on it. Um, and Mike yeah, I saw, Bean, like, she had a lot of writing credits on the... Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. The people that was working on the album, like, don't discredit or disrespect them because it's Beyonce. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's really all I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, You mentioned how people say that, like... House was they said Beyonce's album is like whitewashed house, right? Which is weird because mm-hmm. house pretty much all music came from black people, but okay, whitewashed house started by black people, right? But like yeah. whitewashed house, okay. Um, so what do you how do you feel when people be like, oh, like when people listen to house or when somebody sees another person making house and they be like, oh, you making that white music or you listening to that white people music? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that make you feel as? I won't call you a house artist. I'll call you like an everything artist, but as an artist that makes house music. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I just feel like when people hear. Right. They automatically just say, oh, white people like, nah, it's not. It's <laughs> like, bro, four on the floor music. Like as soon as somebody hear a four on the floor kick pattern, mm-hmm. they think. They their mind it's like their mind switches. It's like okay, this is white music now. You know what I mean? I don't I don't get that, um, especially because house music and four on the floor kind of pop music was kind of mm-hmm. started and pioneered by white people. Right. Like going all the way back. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like even in the eighties, like when people hear eighties pop now, they think white people music, and I don't I don't get it. Right. But that kind of like. That 80s pop, 80s pop is weird because I feel like 80s pop never went away. It just evolved into different forms of like, it just kind of transitioned into different forms of music. But I feel like 80s pop is like one of those things that like always stayed. Like it was, it's kind of like the foundation of music nowadays because it's just something that just like, it was, it's always there. Yeah. But even now, like people be calling like some of the weekends more music, like white people music. And I'd be like, dang, that's tough. I don't get that either. Because, yeah. I mean, like, The Weeknd, he's not, I mean, I'm not going to say he's replicating, but he, mm-hmm. the sound he's kind of trying to bring back is the sound from the 80s. Like, you think about people like Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. uh, Whitney Houston and stuff like that. And, like, I don't know, like, Tina Turner even. Like, mm-hmm. that whole sound is is coming back. And... I don't, I don't know. People just don't do their research, I guess. Right. You also highlight highlighted uh Beyonce's vocal skill on the album of Renaissance and how her vocals laid on top of like some of the house tracks. Um, which I was actually shocked with. When I heard like Break My Soul and I heard like her like actually singing on there, I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, like Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But uh so just also just tell me about that, like take me through that as well like like just your ear as an as an artist yeah so like a lot of the stuff she was doing and i was looking through the credits like i said she vocal produced herself a lot of the time so meaning she's you know coming up with harmony she's 
pressing the record button. She's, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, let me do this here. Put that there. Like she's right. really in the studio constructing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I was trying to highlight with her because she been she been doing that. You know right. what I mean? Like she's one of the best vocal producer artists out right now mm-hmm. for almost twenty years. So you know, I was just kind of kind of uh, trying to highlight that. Um, and a lot of her harmonies, like mm-hmm. in the runs she be doing, like that's not that's not easy stuff. <laughs> But like I said, going back, people just were going to brush it off because it's Beyonce. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If that was anybody else, people would be like, oh, my God, listen to what she's doing. Right. But, you know, it's it's Beyonce, so people are just going to mm-hmm. throw right. the struggle. So, wrapping up, because Zoom about to kick us off in a little bit. They're hating. <laughs> just for Life it's coming out next month. What should people expect from this album? Mm. Um, life for now, you can expect. Dang, I said just for life. My bad. God dang it. Life for now. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, life for now, you can expect like, you know, sonics. You can expect psychedelic sounds. You can expect dreaminess. Mm-hmm. Um, you can expect an experience. And I really want people to listen to the album top to bottom. Right. Um, please don't put it on shuffle. <laughs> don't just. Lock in, put your headphones on, get in your car, turn it on, you know, get in the spaceship. Like yeah. I said, I'd be feeling like I'm in a spaceship when I listen to it in the car. So yeah. I hope I hope other people feel the same way. I definitely felt that way. And I was in my room and I felt like I was floating. So yeah. uh Drew, thank you so much for coming on, man. But before you go off, you already know we have to get your dead or alive. Now if this is your first time ever watching the Arts Block Podcast, hello. This is your last time watching the Arts Block Podcast. Goodbye. But Dead or Alive is a segment where the artist on the podcast gets to choose uh, one or a hundred artists uh, that they would like to work with dead or alive. Uh, please don't choose a hundred artists because I still have to edit this podcast. But uh, yes, Dead or Alive, go ahead. Let it rip. All right. So since last time, my, my Dead or Alive might have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's um, perfect. So, I mean, last time I said, you know, Tyler. Yeah. He's still on the list. Okay. You know, uh, Steve Lacey, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, But now I'm thinking about, like, I need I need to work with, like, mint condition. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Whoa, that was love field. Whoa. <laughs> like Anita Baker. Yeah. The Bee Gees. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Um, Brandy, Brandy is oh. like, Brandy's like top on my list, bro. I need, I need to work with Brandy like so soon. It the needs queen. to happen. Yes. Uh, Sherelle. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I missing? The Blackbirds. Um, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Who are they? He, I gotta look them up. Hall and Oates. They made. Uh, she's a man eater. Oh, all. okay. Got you. Yeah. Um. DJ Quick. Yeah. I mean, a Snoop Dogg, of course. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of people now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going I'm to leave it. I'm going to keep it there. Okay. You want to keep it there? Yeah. All right. Drew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. We really do appreciate you for coming back on. Uh, I appreciate you for uh, getting me back at it, man. I really do. Um, Is there anything that you want to tell the people before we get off? 
Uh, nothing really. Just stream the album when it come out. Stream the single when it come out. Um, you know, check for music videos. Check for my IG at JRU Anthony. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Everything, all socials, JRU Anthony. Mm-hmm. So. But before you before you log off though, I just got uh, um just got some insider information that you are working on a song with a uh, Trey from the people that might be a smash. That's what I heard. That's what I heard from a from an inside source. I just got I just got it just now. I'm not lying to you. I just got it just now. Um so can you just tell us a little bit about that? Not a lot, just just a little bit. Just asking for a little bit. Uh yeah, I don't even know how you got that intel. That's I, That's you know, I know people that know people. It's okay though. <laughs> Uh nah, I, uh you know I wrote a little verse mm-hmm. on a couple couple uh tracks you know I don't know when they coming out I just know you know I worked on some tracks and sent them in and they mm-hmm. were received well uh, so hopefully they come out soon but that's no. that's as far as I know you know <laughs> that's as far as you know you wrote yeah. stuff you recorded it you sent it, <laughs> and it was, and that's it that's all I know that's all you know. All right, uh, Drew. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Again, thank you for for getting me back in back into the mold. And uh, thanks everybody for watching the Arts Block Podcast, man. I really do appreciate y'all for watching another episode. Again, my name's Eric Curry the Third. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Curry the Third. You can follow the podcast at Arts Block Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you like, make sure you comment, make sure you subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Music, make sure you give me a five star and a review. If you're listening anywhere else, shout out to you. Remember that artists never die. And I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all, boys. I don't know when that's going to be, but it's going to be really soon. See y'all.